You're listening to The Building Code, your guide for a better way to run your business. I'm Tom Houghton. I'm Paul Worth. Right now, we're just doing all phone-based uh, recording so that way we can keep producing great content during this uncertain time for the entire world. Of course, we're all talking about COVID-19 or the coronavirus. And joining us on this episode of the podcast is Alex Barthet. We're having him on. He's a return guest from episode nine, uh, owner of The Lean Zone, and he's got The Lean Zone podcast. Alex, how's it going? So far, so good. I, uh, I'm sitting in my home office here in Miami. Um, so there are worse places I could be. Um, and I've kept my kids out of the office, which is a plus for today. <laughs> it's, the struggle is real. It's yeah. getting harder and harder. I was, I was telling you guys before we jumped on the actual podcast that I, I'm actually just a moving target in my house. I've got like four to five different spots I go to. And my kids can't find me. So <laughs> it's like, you're going to try the roof soon. Yeah. yeah. If the Wi-Fi gets up there, I'm in. That's great. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. You do a great job with your leanzone.com and leanzone podcast. And we know you're putting out a lot of great content for construction professionals. And so we just wanted to chat with you about COVID-19, the coronavirus, and just how it's changing the construction landscape, which seems like hourly it's changing it. So we just wanted to catch up our audience on kind of where we stand right now and kind of outlook for the future. So maybe let's first do a quick update so that way people have kind of like a timestamp of when we're recording this. So right now it's March 25th. And as it stands right now, I think all states have made construction essential except for Pennsylvania. If that's, if does that sound correct to you? Yes. And, and actually I heard that Boston as well, um, while there is, some construction activity, I think it, it's very limited, um, at least here in South Florida, all construction generally is, is open and available so long as you can comply with all of the CDC guidelines, um, social distancing, um, but you do have to have some open air uh, you know, requirements. So we have seen some folks who have more confined uh, construction that has been that has been canceled. Interesting. So where would you say construction professionals can find the latest up-to-date information on how it pertains to their business? I know that you also offer uh, a service on your website with articles and information there too. So where, where would you like to plug? So they can subscribe to our podcast as well. Um, I'm trying to do podcasts now almost daily with various folks in the industry talking about different things associated with the construction industry locally, um, across the country. Um, and that is the lean zone podcast.com. Uh, lean is L I E N the lean zone podcast.com. And if you go to the lean zone.com forward slash COVID-19, we have a page dedicated just to the articles that we're putting out. And then on YouTube as well, the lean zone, uh, we have the same similar content on the YouTube channel. What I will say, and I don't have it handy, but I will email it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, I have run across a seemingly constantly updated chart by another law firm, a national law firm, who is tracking um, business closures across the country, state by state, city by city. Um, it's a tremendous undertaking that they've, they've started. Um, but it's a great resource. Uh, so when we get off this podcast, I will send that to you so you can put it in the show notes. Very valuable. 
um, we actually use it as a resource as well. That's great. Yeah. Um, and so for our listeners, if, you ha- or if you're just joining us, you can find our show notes at buildertrend.com slash podcast. And we'll definitely put that link in there uh, when you send it over. So thanks for sharing that. I think, you know, it's crazy. This situation just continues to seem like it's changing day by day still. And I think I, for one, trying to be an optimist, am, am hoping that we'll see the end of it here really soon and just kind of get back to business as usual. But as the time goes on, it seems like more and more we need to prepare for this having a longer term impact on the industry as a whole, but also just economically um, outside of that uh, to a greater extent. I'm seeing the same thing here. We are, many of our clients in construction uh, are working more uh, and faster now because everyone is afraid that tomorrow or the day after um, it could get shut down. As an example, it was written up in a news article just yesterday afternoon that the city manager um, in our county here in Miami uh, made a comment offhandedly that he thinks that maybe some construction sites are not complying with the social distancing and other CD require- CDC requirements, and he may look into shutting them down. That has started a, you know, little firestorm on uh, on the internet. Um, there's we have very powerful um, and well-respected construction trade groups here that are meeting with the politicians to keep construction going. Um, but yes, it's, it's changing constantly. Uh, and I'm sure you're seeing it up there too. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point, Alex. We are now just for my knowledge, as I understand that this is all state by state, right? The states are deciding what sort of policy of shutdown they want as it relates to stay home in place and where people can go and also more importantly what essential businesses are do we see that that's I'm going to go more... I'm going to go one even better I'm going to go even mm-hmm. one even better many governors not all but mm-hmm. many governors are leaving it up to counties and cities uh, so Florida for example the Florida governor um, has not issued a, a statewide uh, stay at home uh, position and he has left it to various municipalities to decide what they want to do and that's all the way down to what's an essential business and what's not? Correct. So some essential business, uh, some orders uh, with regarding with regard to which businesses are essential and which aren't, um, do not, they do not track exactly city to city, county to county here in Florida and across the country as well. Um, yeah, that seems so, so it's kind of a hodgepodge. Yeah, do we feel like that's going to change at some point? Do we feel like the federal government's going to step in and sort of lay the ground for what's an essential business? I'm not sure if you uh, follow uh, our president on Twitter, but he seems <laughs> to be suggesting that um, he's not going to do that. Uh, uh, you know, he's he's made a proclamation or an innuendo about Easter. Um, so I... I don't know that he's going to do that if he uh, – I don't know that he's going to have a national lockdown if he's suggesting the opposite. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it from from the conversation that, again, Tom told you what day it is today. That could change tonight or tomorrow. But it sounds like he is leaning towards letting each state, and to your point, Alex, each even down to the city or county, make their own decision. I just wonder – you know – yeah, go ahead. Does it feel like Star Trek? 
you know, we you started the podcast by noting the uh, the date and time. Um, you know, when have you ever had to do that on a podcast before? Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Captain's log, May twenty fifth, and we've been in quarantine right. for five days. Send help. I mean, it's crazy how information can be out of date by the minute. It seems like. I mean, last week was insane, but it's it's not slowing down by a lot. I'll tell you that. I'll give you some other pieces of information we're hearing um, from our clients. Uh, again, this is primarily South Florida, but I understand this is happening in various parts of the country. Most county offices are closed to in-person business transactions. Um, however, they are open for online and phone business. Um, so, for example, if you wanted to go to your building department and talk to an inspector or the chief building official or a plan reviewer, most places, most counties or cities, not possible. You cannot go and see them. You can have a phone call. You can submit whatever information you are otherwise able to submit online, and that's it. Um, what we're also seeing is that a lot of offices, municipal offices, are not issuing new permits. I don't know if that's a Miami thing or a South Florida thing, um, but if you don't have an open permit, the municipality is not that we that we hear from our clients are not issuing new permits. Um, and then there are certain municipalities where it's it is act absolutely just closed. So there's some small cities um, in Florida where because of uh, an infected individual in a rather small office, they have closed the entire building department for that office. Um, so no business is being transacted, no inspections in the field, no plan review, no calling the building official. So that has brought those uh, projects that are in those jurisdictions to a complete halt. That's crazy. That doesn't seem good. Yeah. That's negative. Yeah. But again, hopefully, hopefully things, you know, continue to move at a pace where in, in the positive way for us. Well, I, you know, I, 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 good. With, with that, with that intro, I don't know if you want more bad news, but I can also tell you that there are some other jobs that we've heard from clients that have actually been canceled, just not happening. As you can imagine, uh, down in South Florida, we've got the Port of Miami. The Royal Caribbean was building a multimillion-dollar headquarters um, here that has been uh, placed on hold indefinitely. I suspect because of a cash crunch in light of their financial position because no cruises, um, but other major projects, at least here in South Florida, are, are getting axed um, because everyone is just so nervous. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and just to be clear, and because this was my question I was going to ask you anyway, a lot of your clientele and who you deal with construction-wise is in the commercial space, correct? Primarily commercial. Um, we yep. do represent um, uh, folks that do some residential work and some residential only contractors and trade contractors. Um, yeah. They seem to still be working uh, with mm -hmm. the one caveat, which is if they have a new project and they don't have the permit, they are kind right. of stuck for the time being because they can't get a new permit. Um, right. So, yeah, I guess my question with, relation to those two sides of our business, residential and commercial, 
Have you seen these state-by-state, county-by-county essential businesses specify one or the other? Because I think I did see that in Massachusetts that they specifically said residential construction is, is a essential business. Is everybody doing that distinction between the two styles of construction? Um, so at least here in the counties uh, in South Florida, which are the ones we monitor uh, most closely, um, those orders are just construction. Construction is considered okay. an essential business, and those businesses that service construction are typically considered essential businesses. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me because it's a patchwork approach across this country that there are probably some cities that say residential is essential and others that say that it's not. And there are other cities that I know of that say only essential construction is essential. So, you know, hospitals, <laughs> uh, repair work, uh, you know, something not just building, you know, an addition to someone's house. It's got to be something that's serving the public good. Right. Well, I follow up to what you said earlier. What really is considered a supporting business for construction, like everything? You know, this is why people don't like lawyers, because, you know, I, I, I could I could probably come up with a, a good argument on how almost anything serves. Con- I mean, am I a, a, exactly. bus- a, a business yeah. serving construction? So could I have kept right. my office open? I, I guess. Um, I, I think the intent of the various orders, and, and they're all written differently, is in order for construction to happen, there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, so for example, you know, rental equipment related to uh, um, the project, scaffolding, uh, a backhoe, uh, the delivery of plumbing fixtures. Um, you know, maybe it's not much of a stretch that that's part of construction, but it's not defined in many of the orders that I've seen. Um, how about if you have a showroom and that showroom services your field and service operation? Um, can you keep your showroom open um, and have someone walk in and buy a faucet? I, you know, probably, but it's unclear depending on some of the orders. What I let, let me let me interject one thing. What I haven't heard. Um, is I have not heard either locally or or anywhere in the press um, of police arresting anybody um, or any type of, you know, National Guard presence that's preventing people from doing something that would otherwise fall in the essential category under their respective municipal orders. So even if you do something, I I, I don't think you're going to get arrested. Right. Yeah, I I heard in New York that there's just some sort of fine uh, if you're not an essential business and you keep your doors open, but yeah, I mean, it, like to your point, it's so gray. I don't see how they can enforce anything right now about what's an essential business when you get into details. Well, we have prepared for, uh, for, for many of our clients at their request. Um, we're posting an article, which may have been posted today on the lean zone. And I'm interviewing one of the lawyers in my office tomorrow about this concept. Um, but we've created what I would call a hall pass for many of our clients um, where they can give it to their people in the field that are traveling, that are working in the field, that come and go to the office in case they get stopped. And it a letter that effectively says, I am doing work under an order 
that requires essential business, and I am one of those essential businesses. We've given it out. I know they've given it to their people. I haven't heard that anyone's been stopped and had to show it, but it makes them feel better. So that's something that, and we have a, a when when this post hits, and again, I don't know if it's already posted or if it will post tomorrow, um, we have a sample hall pass letter that people can tailor for their own use in their own jurisdiction based on their own municipal order. That's great. I love that. We'll definitely uh, link that in our show notes as well. Uh, we'll. We'll track it down and figure out where it is and put it in there for our listeners. The other thing I think you guys wanted to talk about, which everyone wants to talk about, is the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, right? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, yeah that, that just came out. And uh, I'm sure our listeners are probably eager to hear how it impacts their businesses and then uh, their employees of their business. Yeah, so um, with the expectation that this was going to be a significant issue, um, I looked in my Rolodex. Can you say Rolodex now? Does that date me? Sure. No, no, you're good. I looked at my contact cards in my iPhone. How's that? How's that? There you go. Yeah. Um, and uh, a good friend of mine is the former area director for the Southeast for the Department of Labor who retired and then started the consulting company. His name is George Rivero. I spent about 45 minutes on the phone with him. You can see that. You can listen to that podcast on our podcast or see it on the YouTube channel. And we took a deep dive into the um, Families First Coronavirus Response Act last week. He and I spoke the morning after it was enacted. Um, I intend to talk to him again um, prior to April 1st to update that information because the Department of Labor just issued uh, FAQ and then a, a white paper for employees and employers that further clarifies it. But if you wanted a, a brief rundown of the Family First Coronavirus Response Act, I would say listen to that podcast, but I'm going to give you the short version right now. It goes into effect on April 1st, 2020. It applies to any business that has 500 employees or fewer. I just saw today for the first time that there may be certain exemptions to the extent it may negatively impact your business if you have fewer than 50 employees. Um, but it generally applies to those, those employees that take leave uh, from the business because of a child at home, because they have a, a doctor's confirmed case or suspected case of COVID-19 or giving care to someone, an individual that has COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus. If those apply, then generally speaking, that employee is entitled to two weeks, um, 80 hours of paid leave. And that paid leave has certain caps on it based on a percentage of their salary with a certain amount that it cannot exceed. Thumbnail sketch, that's, the, that's what the act is. Now, what this seems to do is that it, it seems to force the employer to bear the brunt of what, you know, what we have in, in this country, which is an at-will um, work environment in most states in the country. So you know, if, if, if I wanted to let someone go, even if they had those criteria before the act, I could, and I wouldn't have to pay them. Now I'm going to have to pay them. 
And the way I'm going to be reimbursed by the government is via um, a tax credit later um, for the people that would fall into this category that I paid their two weeks of, of paid leave. Lots of exceptions, lots of nuance, further being clarified by the Department of Labor. What I'll do is I'll send you as well, so you can put it in the show notes, a link to the interview with George Rivero, but as well, the Q&A that was posted by the Department of Labor this morning. Um, does that answer most of your questions about the Family First Families First Act? Yeah, that that was a great summary. Now, just to be clear, this is this is separate from the planned vote today on the stimulus plan, or is this wrapped into that? No, very very different. So this was a a a bill that was passed, signed into law, um, last week. What you heard about today, um, and I have not watched the news, um, so I don't know how fast it's gone through um, the Senate or whether the president has signed it. I can't imagine because it was only 1.30 last night, 1.30 in the morning last night that Congress passed it. Now, that, that bill is a $2 trillion aid package that um, seems like it's going to give most Americans – $1,200 and their children $500 each. And mm -hmm. it creates a series of um, loan programs, I think $500 billion for companies, $367 billion to as assist small businesses to overcome payroll hurdles, as well as some funding for the unemployment system and hospitals. Um, you know, the next question is, okay, assuming it goes into law, how do I, how do I apply for it? It's, it's just way too early to tell about any of this stuff. Yeah, um, it looks like the Senate, as of right now, hasn't voted on it, but everybody feels like it's going to be going through. The one thing to note is that it, it, it seems to have made the same uh, distinction as it relates to small businesses. So it, it picked that same 500 and under number employees, I believe. That's good to see. So, so, yeah, I guess we could probably do a whole episode on that whenever that gets passed. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. I think um, – um, And I think you probably could do another episode on the Family First Act, Families yeah. First Act, once it goes into effect and, and the further regulations, um, uh, the implementing res regulations are clarified. So kind of all of the nuances and the questions people have um, may get answered. Yeah, I think to to maybe kind of wrap it up and hopefully maybe put a little bit of optimism and, and hope for the future here, where do you think we go from here? I mean, with these um, legislation trying to get into a place that will hopefully obviously help, um, you know, again, you know, me being an optimist, I was hoping that, you know, we, we're going to be down for a month and then we'll be back up and at it. And, you know, if people can just hang tight for that month, you know, we should be okay instead of having this mass panic and all this fallout. So where, in your opinion, do you see the industry headed, you know, in the next three to six months kind of short term? So I'm, I'm not a doctor. Uh, I'm not a financial analyst or economist. Um, so it's hard for me to say, but if you wanted my gut opinion, I think it's going to be a tough slog 
um, for the next little while. And I, and I, and I would say months, one of the things that I will tell you in speaking to various folks for our podcast, um, one thing that is troubling to me, you know, and I'm ruining the fact that you wanted to end this on a high note is that, um, that the, uh, a lot of our clients are bidding less, uh, because people are so nervous about the economy going forward. I really hope that this aid package causes uh, the folks to be more optimistic about the future. I saw that the uh, stock market rallied a bit today because of the passage of the $2 trillion bill. But like everything else, this too shall pass, and we will be stronger for it. And I think that those companies that understand that they are going to have to make difficult decisions and they make them soon and they uh, hunker down are the are going to be the ones that are here for uh, the resurgence, which will likely occur. Hope Again, I hope it's sooner too. Um, and those folks that are set up to be mobile, to be uh, paperless, that have a solid project management system like Builder Trend um, that are adapting to the market are the ones that are going to not only survive but thrive in the new economy uh, because people are now, because they had to, are more comfortable working from everywhere. So, mm -hmm. you know, you have to get ready for that. And if you weren't ready, then this hit you like a freight train. And if you were, it was just a matter of picking up your laptop and you know, working from your home office instead of your office office. Uh, so I think, I think things will get better. I think it's going to take a while. Uh, but I think if we all pitch in and be a little nicer to one another and recognize that everyone's got their own set of struggles that they have to deal with, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get through this. I love it. Love that positivity. Yeah. I think that was a, a great note to end on. And I think, you know, it's, it, Hopefully uh, not going to be as bad by any means of the Great Recession in 08 and 09, but you did see after that, uh, that slow build back up that some of the best companies were still around and they were better for it. So hopefully we have a small, small bit of that in our industry. Fingers crossed. Awesome. Well, thank okay. you, Alex, so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing all of your resources. Again, we'll put those in the show notes and, uh, you know, we look forward to the next time we're talking and hopefully it's on much better terms. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, guys. I, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate you. Anytime. Love what you heard? Don't forget to rate and subscribe to our podcast so you can hear from more guests that will benefit your business. Also, please check out our show notes page for more information on what we discussed on this episode. You can find it at buildertrend.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Building Code. Appreciate you.